Welcome to Body by Design. I'm your host, Blue Driver, a women's strength training and metabolism coach. I went from years suffering hormone imbalances, looking soft and bloated, to symptom-free and building muscle for a toned athletic physique. Since then, I've made it my mission to empower women to take control of their own health, hormones and body composition. So grab a cup of coffee and let's build your body by design. Hello everybody and welcome to my very first episode of Body by Design. I'm super excited to finally be here. It's been a while in the making, this podcast, but I've done it finally. I've launched. Uh, as the episodes go on, I'm going to get really, I'm going to pick topics and dive into them with a lot more detail. But for this very first episode, I thought I'd just cover the principles of pro-metabolic living and how it can actually be a sustainable lifestyle without being another one of these extreme diets or restrictive diets. So if I was actually to define pro-metabolic living lifestyle, it would be simply put, a pro-metabolic lifestyle of living is about nourishing your body and minimizing the stresses so that your body's metabolism is well supported. So that means eating foods that are nutrient dense with high bioavailability and living in a way that reduces stresses on the body. But what is a metabolism? We hear this thrown around so much. Oh, you've got a slow metabolism or my metabolism's downregulated. You know, I've hit my 30s, I've hit my 40s and my metabolism is not what it used to be. But what is a metabolism? So your metabolism is basically energy production that runs all your body's systems. So your body's systems are like your cardiovascular system, your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your thyroid conversion all those sorts of things. And all these systems work in together with one another. To run these systems, they're done on energy production. And to produce the energy, your body needs low stress and nutrients. When we have nutrient deficiencies and chronic high stress, it reduces the body's ability to be able to produce energy and run our systems effectively, aka slowed metabolism. So when your metabolism downregulates, it's because it's not got enough energy or nutrients to funnel into all of these systems that our body has. And our bodies are actually a really, really smart design. So it, and it's designed to live. So it will prioritize all of our um, essential for living systems. So I'm talking about things like our cardiovascular system, our respiratory system. They are all essential for us to live. If our blood's not flowing, if our heart's not pumping, if we're not breathing, we're not living. But to be able to prioritize them and give them all the nutrients and all the energy that it needs, it needs to sacrifice something. So how it prioritizes is takes away from the things that we don't need to survive. A really great example is our reproduction system. Reproduction is about growing a life and after there's birth, supporting that life. So the female generally, particularly, so let's talk about in humans, definitely, because I know in some animal life, the male takes over. Let's talk about a seahorse. The male does it all. But that's just not the way it is in humans. So when we reproduce, 
females are the one that grow the life and they are the ones that support the life that is via breastfeeding and having the infant close when we they are raised and if we're unable to support our own body's life 100% and systems 100% our body is not going to prioritize and supporting another life or growing another life. It's going to be the first thing where it says, "Uh uh-uh, you don't need this. So it funnels away from our reproduction. And what does that mean? Our thyroid doesn't convert properly, so we're not getting our T4, T3 thyroid conversion, which then means our hormones are dysregulated, which then means we get things like estrogen dominance from low progesterone, um, not detoxifying estrogen well we have bad pms we have clotted bleeding we have cramps um all those sorts of things when we hear people talk about sex hormone issues they're the sorts of things we're talking about even down to low libido having a low libido is actually not normal no we shouldn't be little hornbags running around every day of the week going you hey, i'm ready for it but when you think about it around ovulation time our interest should be peaked and if we don't have that it is because our reproduction system is being down regulated it's another way for our body to stop us from reproducing and that's because our body is saying You don't have enough energy production for your metabolism to function properly and for all these systems. We're busy keeping you alive, let alone another life. Another one is gut issues. You hear about the fight or flight um, reaction. And when we're in that um, fight or flight reaction, it goes back to, you know, caveman days. We're running from a lion. And when we're in that state, our body is putting into the energy to keeping ourselves safe, so energy to run and hide from a lion. So our di- our digestion is actually downregulated because digesting food and things like that in that moment is not important and it's a way that it can actually shut down your digestion and funnel everything into that fight or flight system that you're in at the time. In the modern world, we have these chronic stresses. That would be an acute stress. So it happens in the moment. Our cortisol peaks and we're off, we're running, our adrenaline's going. That's all good things. We're meant to do that. But it ends. Once you get away from the lion, it ends. All your cortisol comes down, all your adrenaline comes down, your systems all come back to homeostasis, and then you can go back to digestion. In our modern world, we're living in chronic stress and chronic stress can look like many different things such as overtraining, undereating, emotional stress, lifestyle stress, uh, lack of light is a stressor on the body. So when we have this low level chronic stress, our cortisol is constantly high. It means our body is constantly in that flight or fight syndrome and our gut is downregulated. And this is where people see gut issues, everything from heartburn, bloating, gas, constipation, all those sorts of things. So if you are suffering from reproduction issues or gut issues or constipation, they are all uh, symptoms of metabolic dysfunction because your body simply does not have the energy production to run those systems and it doesn't have the energy production because it's 
one, either not receiving the correct nutrients or your cortisol and adrenaline is running too high and keeping you in that flight or fight state. So how do we actually go about living a pro-metabolic life? Geez, that's a mouthful sometimes. I'm going to have some coffee. So when I think about a pro-metabolic lifestyle, I actually think of it as being really common sense and just getting back to the basics. You know, how grandma used to eat. Grandma used to cook with butter and salt everything and they ate plenty of animal meats, they ate plenty of organs, all that sort of stuff. In our modern day world, that's not how we're living. But if we get back to those basics and move away from convenience and mass production, it actually just becomes common sense. But there are two factors in pro-metabolic living. There is lifestyle and there is nutrition. So to break it down a little bit, if we get into lifestyle, let's start with light. So we can talk about sunlight and red light. Sunlight, uh, the major thing is vitamin D production and our circadian rhythm. So getting outside and getting our eyeballs into the light, and I don't mean staring directly into the sun, but take your sunglasses off, take your reading glasses off and stand out in the natural light first thing in the morning to reset your circadian rhythm. And what that does is it actually sparks your metabolism, but then you also sleep well. It puts your cortisol curve in the right in in the right way so it's lowered in the morning um sorry it lowers in the afternoon and it rises early in the morning to wake you up but also sunlight on our skin and this is where our vitamin d conversion happens we are in a world where covering up the slip slop slap you go back to that uh, big campaign that was out there and we're so we're slathering up with sunscreen, we're wearing long sleeve shirts, we're wearing big hats, we're wearing sunglasses. Now, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be doing that, but we've gone to that extreme again where we have busy lives, we're indoors a lot already anyway, so we don't have much melatonin in our skin that protects us from the sun, so therefore we burn easy, so therefore these cancers are being produced, so therefore they came out with this campaign. If we spent some time building up a little bit of resilience in the sun, put your bare skin out into some sunlight, and I'm talking starting with five minutes a day, and just build up that resilience and just get out in the sun with it on your skin and spend 10, 20 minutes out there if you can every day, building up slowly for your vitamin D conversion. Another factor is chronic stress in our life. Now, when people think stress, they automatically jump to mental stress, emotional stress. And this can come from over-demanding jobs, not saying no enough. So we're feeding everyone else's desires and wants rather than going, does this actually serve me right now? Have I prioritized myself enough? So we're busy saying yes to everyone else and no to ourselves. And we probably need to flip that a little bit. Start saying yes to ourselves a little more often and sometimes no where it doesn't support what you need in that moment. Emotional stresses can be where we have friendships that are emotionally draining. We might have a lot of family issues going on. But in addition to that, there are also physical stresses that people aren't recognizing. One of the big ones for females is under eating 
chronic under-eating. I used to be like that. I actually, uh, I've never been a crazy dieter. I've never been one to go out and go, oh, low carb or keto or anything like that. But I was like, oh, you don't want to eat too much sugar and um, lots of broccoli and cauliflower and salad. So lunches looked to me were like, you know, chicken and lots of salad. Um, Dinner time was lots of broccoli and cauliflower and uh, like a plate full of it. Those types of vegetables and stuff don't actually have a lot of calories in them and what nutrition they do have in them are not bioavailable. So you're not even absorbing what they do have in them. So I was chronically under eating in the way of nutrition and calories by default, not really by intention of trying to lose weight. I was what they would refer to as skinny fat, really under muscled, but not overweight, just really soft. Um, Another one for people is, women in particular, is overtraining. This training cardio hard five, six days a week, even strength training six days a week is still overtraining. You're not giving your body recovery time. And that's really important when you're constantly putting those stresses on your body without time to recover and heal, the inflammation increases. So that is a stressor on our body as well. And then we have toxin stresses, whether it's environmental toxin stresses or whether it's in our foods by way of um, additives, preservatives, artificial sweeteners, all those sorts of things. Um, PUFAs, they're all very inflammatory. Now, there is an extreme view out there that you should not touch them at all, that they're poison and they're going to kill you. I think the more sustainable way to look at it is our bodies can actually detox. But when we're actually assaulting our body on a day-to-day, on a meal-to-meal basis of all these additives and toxins, it really becomes hard for our body to be able to detoxify. And then that then over time, it creates stresses in our body. So cleaning up your diet as much as possible to remove those sorts of things. So when you do eat out, it actually doesn't really matter. Or if you go to Auntie Mary's for dinner and she cooks with sunflower oil, well, you know, maybe once in a blue moon actually doesn't matter because most of the time you've removed these from your diet. Another lifestyle factor is strength training. So studies have shown that muscle mass increases and supports our metabolism. And strength training is how we grow muscles. So strength training would be another lifestyle factor to increasing your metabolism. And it is well promoted in a pro-metabolic lifestyle. Probably the more common things we hear about, though, is the nutrition. And there are some guidelines in this of a couple of things we look at avoiding or eliminating in our diets, but mostly it's about adding. So easy to digest carbs, roots, fruits, juice, honey, all those sorts of things. If we take out those hard to digest uh, carbohydrates and ease our digestion take out the inflammation, our body absorbs the nutrients more readily. But also all these roots, fruits, juices are a glucose and fructose source, which our body prefers to burn. 
It is just our preferred source of fuel. Yes, we can burn fat as fuel as it is shown in a keto lifestyle, but over a prolonged period of time, it's actually a very stressful process on our body because it's not the preferred source. So eating all those easy to digest carbs and obviously enough of them, which we've covered in lifestyle. Uh, Animal proteins, not just for the vitamin and mineral profile, but for the protein profile. When we look at vegetarian proteins, when we're looking at things like tofu and legumes and all that sort of stuff, they're not complete proteins and people aren't eat one, people aren't eating them in the right combinations to cover the complete amino acid profile. But they're also not bioavailable as well. So if you had 20 grams of protein in a piece of steak and you had 20 grams of protein in a vegetarian meal, one, the the amino acids profile may not be complete, but also you wouldn't absorb the full 20 grams. You would absorb a lot less of that than what you would in the red meat. So eating animal proteins, red meat, seafood, organ meats, Dairy products, they are a great easy to to digest carbohydrate. They are also a great source of protein. Eggs is another one. Gelatin and collagen in the way of bone broths, gelatinous meats, and if you're not getting those in the way of supplement. So gelatin or collagen is actually a really... um, soothing, healing, and anti-inflammatory. When we eat just muscle meats, they are known to be inflammatory, but they are full of vitamins and minerals and bioavailable protein. When we add collagen in the way of gelatinous meats or bone broth or taking it with some collagen at the time, supplement collagen at the time, it offsets those inflammatory benefits and you actually get the anti-inflammatory benefits. So it's going back to a holistic approach again. Saturated fats, extremely protective and anti-inflammatory. We're talking coconut oil, butter, ghee, lard, tallow, all those sorts of fats. It's now been proven that they do not add to cardiovascular disease and in fact have been shown that they can be protective. We're on the flip side where we start getting into the things where we should reduce or eliminate. We're talking about poofers, polyunsaturated oils, seed oils. So your sunflower oil, your canola oil, all those sorts of mass-produced oils are extremely inflammatory and they're... um, the manufacturing process to get them to us creates a lot of oxidization within the oils themselves. Then also they oxidize within our cells and cause a lot of oxidative stress within our body, hence we inflammation. So removing those from our diet wherever possible. That doesn't mean don't ever eat out because they cook with canola oil or something. That's not what it means. But if on a day-to-day basis you're controlling as much of that in your own foods that you're cooking at home and you eat out once or twice a month, when you are healed, it's okay. It's it's not going to kill you, you know, and this is where I start talking about it being a sustainable lifestyle and not one of those extreme diets 
it's okay to have it occasionally and you can do things like vitamin E is really great at offsetting the effects of PUFAs. So if you have a look at nuts, nuts actually have vitamin E in them as well as the polyunsaturated oil. So where PUFAs occur naturally, so we're talking about nuts, seeds, things like that, they actually do have a small amount of vitamin E in them. It's when we're having these polyunsaturated oils extracted without the vitamin E and gone through the manufacturing process, they're now oxidized and, and then they're such a large portion of our diet that they become quite inflammatory. The other one would be is reducing grains, legumes, leafy greens and cruci cruciferous, always a hard one to spit out, cruciferous vegetables. They're really hard to digest and they're really hard on our digestion and this is where we get a lot of bloating and gas and irritation and inflammation and when our gut is like that, we don't process things well, we get constipation so therefore we're not eliminating toxins out of our body because that is the way of getting toxins out of our body so obviously it sits in our digestive tract for too long and it reabsorbs into our system rather than being eliminated on a daily basis so if you are suffering with constipation reducing starch is a is a good way to go and that's your grains your leg and your legumes but then you've also got the cruciferous veg and the leafy greens that one have anti-nutrients anti in them such as oxalates and that but they are also an insoluble fiber that is really hard to digest they sit in our digestive tract and bacteria feeds off it creating endotoxins now again does that mean you never eat a piece of broccoli because you go out, you have a stir fry and there's broccoli in it and, oh, God, you can't eat it? No, that's not what we mean. But if you do want to have vegetables like that, make it occasionally. If you do want to have a salad, a salad should be a side salad to the meal. It shouldn't be the meal. It should be a side dish to the meal. Again, same with everything else. In your healing process, you may want to roll that back a lot, but when you're in a healthy metabolic state, having these things occasionally is okay. If you're going to have the grains or the legumes, prepare them properly. Still make them occasional foods, but prepare them properly. That means that they soaked for a minimum of 24 hours. They go through a long, slow cooking process to break them down. Green vegetables, beans, broccoli, all those sorts of things, if you're going to have them, make sure they're well cooked and you serve them with butter and that makes them a lot easier to digest. There is a really strong community out there that are very passionate about pro-metabolic living, but we need to get people to the place where it's sustainable in our modern world. Um, and removing everything and saying that we can never eat these things is just another restrictive diet and another extreme way of, of viewing things. And it, it actually doesn't have to be like that. Going into a pro, for me, going into a pro metabolic lifestyle was a period of healing. And I will be honest, I didn't eat out much in that time. I really controlled a lot of what I ate. I really just did not eat broccoli or salads or anything like that. I just wanted to feel better. But once I did that period of healing, 
I'm now in a really strong metabolic state. My hormones are balanced. I sleep well. I go to the toilet every day. I don't have gas, bloating, digestion issues. I've got plenty of energy. I strength train really well. So going out and eating a meal once in a while, we love sushi train. So we go out and have sushi train. Are they using poofa oils? Yeah, sure. I take a vitamin E before I go. We don't do it every day of the week. You know, it'd probably be, you know, once a month we do it. We go out, we eat, we enjoy, and that's it. But my body is healthy and in a place where it can detox. Alcohol is another one. You probably need to go through a period of time where you just stop drinking alcohol when you're healing. And that feels restrictive in the beginning, I know. But if you remove that, and heal, you get to a place where you can have it occasionally and it's okay. Occasionally in and in moderation, it's okay. I really don't drink much at all now um, because I know how it makes me feel. It affects my sleep. I feel like shit. It affects my eating. I don't like doing it now just because of the way it makes me feel. But it took that period of time of not doing it at all to heal, to actually realize how shit I feel when I have it. But when you feel shit all the time, you don't really realize it. So I personally don't drink a lot, but that doesn't mean I don't drink at all. I, I'll tell you now, so looking forward to Christmas time. My son is coming home from the army. I haven't seen him for six months. It was a really intense time with him um, going through his year 12 studies. He wanted to be an engineer and get into the uni and the army. Um, and we didn't have a lot of free time. And I'm so looking forward to him coming home. He is an adult now and I haven't seen him for so long and I miss him to pieces. And Christmas Day, I can tell you now, I'm sitting down having a few drinks with my boy now. He's an adult and I cannot wait. But that's a once in a while thing for me. And will I sit down and drink a bottle of bourbon? No, I'll have some cocktails. But I won't totally write myself off and I will just enjoy that time with my son. So it's about finding that balance in those healing, in that healing period and then balancing when you are metabolically strong. So I hope that really clears up some of what pro-metabolic living is about and how it can be sustainable and it doesn't have to be this restrictive, extreme, extremist type way of living. It really is common sense. Um, and it, it may mean making some compromises when you're healing, sure, and that will be slightly restrictive in a sense, sure, but the end goal is is that you get to a really healthy place and it just becomes lifestyle. So as I roll out more podcasts, I'm going to delve into topics and subjects in a lot more detail rather than broader overviews like this. So if you have any questions or topics that you would like covered in my podcasts, DM me as my DMs are always open and I would love to hear from you. I love a chat in my DMs. Uh, and with all that said, I've had fun today and we will chat soon. <music>